0: hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of you can't handle the truth today's episode we are going to be talking about my favorite films of the year 2022 so i will do a few honorable mentions and then i'll get down to the top 15 or so And hopefully you agree, or don't hate me too much for saying some films are better than others. Either way, let's get right into it. A few films that didn't quite make the cut, but I still think you should check out. One of which being She Said. So this came out recently, and it's about the Harvey Weinstein scandal. It's all about the journalists and writing the article to get him exposed and to crush him and ruin his career, thank God. Ruin his life, because he's a terrible man. But I really enjoyed this film. Kerry Mulligan and Zoe Kazan at the centre of it are fantastic. It's harrowing, it's heartbreaking, but it's a very, very strong movie. So She Said is worth a watch. I'm going to say this next one, and people are going to hate me for it, but Michael Bay, he brought out his new film, Ambulance, at the start of the year. It's really good. (laughs) It's really good. I mean, it's terrible. And it's daft and it's stupid, but it's very exciting and there's so many drone shots. But it's just incredible. It's a really fast-paced, insane action movie. You will hate it, but I loved it. I also want to give a shout out to Black Adam. All right, Black Adam was gonna be at the top. It was gonna be about second or third, maybe. And then since its release, it's just gone down, 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 purely because of everything that's happening behind the scenes with DC. But I still think, when you watch the movie, and I would recommend watching it drunk, you will enjoy it, so Black Adam is not actually bad, it's just, it's bad. Anyway, another film, The Banshees of Inner Sharon, I would strongly recommend, that also came out recently, starring Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleason. It's directed by Martin McDonagh, who did In Bruges, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. It's a slow-burning Irish black comedy, and I really enjoyed it. I think you will too. It's not for everybody, granted, but I think if you can appreciate it and you can understand it is actually really funny, then you will have a great time with it. So, yeah, I'd strongly recommend The Banshees of Inner Sharon streaming on Disney Plus right now. I'd also recommend Turning Red, which is on Disney+. Plus. This kind of breaks my heart, but it's the only animated film that's this high in my list. There is no animated film in my top 15, which, you know, really shreds me because I love animated movies. But this year, it's not been that strong. But Turning Red was very, very good. I really enjoyed it. and The more I watch it, the better it gets. But it just doesn't quite make it into the top 15, unfortunately. The Menu is also on Disney. Okay, yeah, basically all of the movies that didn't quite make it are on Disney Plus and everything else is not. So The Menu, which stars Anya Taylor-Joy, Nicholas Holt and Ray Fiennes, it's a very, very dark satire about rich people and the food industry. But if, yeah, if you don't know what it's about, go into it blind because you will be shocked, but I think you'll be very, very entertained. So I love The Menu. I really wish I could have put it in my top 15 but unfortunately doesn't quite make it and the last two movies I will say Jackass Forever which came out at the start of the year it was always going to be up there for me but I think it's it slightly dropped purely because every time you watch it isn't going to be in a cinematic environment and this is the kind of movie you need to watch with friends you need to watch with a big audience because you are all going to be dying with laughter and it's, it's an amazing movie and it's actually very heartfelt at times too But it's just dropped out of the top 15, unfortunately. And I'm a bit annoyed about it, but still top 20. So I'll give it some credits. And the final film, I'll say Cha-Cha Real Smooth. This came out on Apple TV Plus, I think in about April time. And it stars Dakota Johnson and Cooper Rafe. It's directed by Cooper Rafe too. He's an up-and-coming director and actor. And it's such a heartwarming movie. It's just nice. Like, there's no motive about it. It's just a sweet, charming movie it's emotional, it's deep, it's intriguing, and it's funny, and it's just a very, very, a very good movie, so Cha-Cha Real Smooth, I think it does impact me more, because I'm around the same age as the main character, and it's all about love, and who you should be with, and whatever, and yeah, it's just, yeah, it's sweet, it's a really sweet movie, he's a sweet guy, I would strongly recommend Cha-Cha Real Smooth, so let's get into my top 15, At number 15, we have got a horror movie. Okay, the next three movies are horror movies, but this one is more of a dark thriller that is just sheer insanity. I am talking about Fall, so if you don't know what Fall is about, I cannot put it more simply. Two friends go climbing the big tower. That's it. That's the entire movie. It's just over 90 minutes long. They spend an hour and 15 minutes at the top of this 2,000-foot-tall tower, and they've got to not fall but obviously things go wrong and it's, it's really a sweaty palm movie. It's the most sweaty palm movie I think I've ever seen. It's intoxicatingly scary if you're not a fan of heights, if you've got vertigo, but it's a damn good movie with some very, very strong performances at the center of it. I really enjoyed Fall and I wasn't expecting it to be that good, but I think seeing it at the cinema, huge screen, huge drop. Oh God it's terrifying it's really scary i showed it to my dad and he was so scared but it's a great movie so at number 15 fall number 14 we have a new predator movie which i didn't expect this to be in my top 15 but prey which came out back in august on disney plus is incredible it's really really good It's dark, it's gritty, it's set a few hundred years ago in a Comanche tribe, and the Comanche warrior at the centre of it, Amber Midthunder, she is so so good in this film, gives an amazing performance, so much emotion in it. But then again, it's just a Predator movie, so it's badass, it's slick, very violent, quite scary at times too, and I love the fact that they actually have dubbed this whole film in Comanche, so you can watch that on Disney+, Plus in that language, which is an amazing touch, so... Love that film, Prey is at number 14. So so good. Not as good as Predator, because Predator is one of the greatest films of all time, but Prey is very, very strong. Number 13, we have a film that has fluctuated for me so much. When I first saw it, I was a fan, and then a the few days later I was thinking about it, and I just thought it was a bit it was a bit weak, especially compared to the director's previous two films. And then I started thinking about it more and I started enjoying it. And then I watched it again and I loved it. And then I started thinking about it more and I hated it. And then I started seeing so many different theories on Twitter and online and Reddit and things. And I've got to say, it is one of the most incredible achievements in cinema I've seen in a very long time. So at 13, we have Nope. This is directed by Jordan Peele. It stars Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer. And it's a, it's a scary movie, but it's about so much more than just a UFO or alien movie. There are so many deeper meanings behind it and the whole thing can be a metaphor for Hollywood itself and the way that films are made. I'm not going to get into it because of spoilers but I will say if you were not a fan of Nope when you first saw it I seriously urge you to go and read up about it and think of the different possibilities of what everything could mean and you will see the film in a completely different light so I can understand when you're watching it may not be the best experience but thinking about it after, That's what makes it number 13 for me. Because initially it was about 40th, maybe 50th for my list. Now it's shot up to 13, which is crazy. Anyway, at number 12, we have a new crime thriller from Park Chan-wook called Decision to Leave. This was a really stunning movie. There are so many great shots in it. Fantastic editing. The storytelling is terrific. I love the romance that blossoms within the detective crime story. But I was just really surprised at how audacious this film could be. With some of its camera trickery and the filmmaking techniques at play here, I love Korean movies anyway, but I think Decision to Leave is one of the best detective thrillers I've seen since Memories of Murder by Bong Joon-ho. So yeah, strongly recommend that. And number 11, we have Elvis. I, I feel bad that it's just missed out on the top 10 because I love this movie, but Baz Luhrmann's film starring Austin Butler is one of the greatest films of the year. It's bombastic, it's flamboyant, it's got some amazing performances, it's got a weird performance by Tom Hanks, the music is fantastic, the expressiveness is on points, it's long, it's two and a half hours, but you are hooked from the moment it begins, and I genuinely think Austin Butler should win the Oscar, he is so damn good in this film. So Elvis is at number 11. At number 10, so moving into the top 10, I saw this film at TIFF, and you can check it out on Netflix. Unfortunately, it is only a Netflix movie, so you couldn't have seen it at the cinema, but I was fortunate enough to be able to. All quiet on the Western Front. This is a German war movie, which I held my reservations about beforehand, I will admit. I was unsure what the stance was going to be, <laughs> because, you know, set in the First World War, we all know how that turned out, and we all know which side the Germans were on. But this movie is harrowing, it's emotional, it's exciting, it's action-packed. It's it's a really thought-provoking movie as well, and it's one of the best war movies in the last 20 years at least. It's very, very strong, and it looks gorgeous. The sound design, the cinematography, everything is just glorious to experience, and I could not recommend enough watching All Quiet on the Western Front, so that's at number 10. Now, number 9. This was one of the first movies I saw this year, and it surprised me back when I first saw it, and it's surprising me now that it's still in my top 10. Scream. So I'm a huge fan of the Scream franchise anyway, and this new one, this reboot slash recoil kind of thing, it's not a legacy sequel, it's not a reboot, it's somewhere in the middle. This requel is one of a kind, it's so meta in all the best ways, it's exactly what you want from a new Scream movie, and I cannot wait for Scream 6 in March this year, which is crazy how quick that's been turned around, but great cast, you've got Jenna Ortega in it, you've got Melissa Barrera, you've got David Arquette, Nev Campbell and Courtney all returning too. Scream is fantastic, it's a triumph, I really really enjoyed it and I'm sure you will too. So in number eight we move on to Triangle of Sadness. This is a very quirky satire and poking fun at the rich in crazy ways, told in three acts that all get crazier and crazier. The first act I think is, fine. well, I think all three of them are terrific, but the first act had me really intrigued where it was going to go, and then the second act I thought was going to last the whole film. I thought it was just going to be set on this cruise the entire time. But yeah, there's a there's a scene that people will hate, and it has got people talking about. It's a hard one to recommend because it is very gross, and it's it's not something anybody wants to watch, but also it is f- hilarious what happens. But then by the end, that third act is bonkers and it goes to places you didn't think it was going to go. But I think Triangle of Sadness is easily one of the best films of the year. Woody Harrelson is fantastic in it. I want to give a shout out to Harris Dickinson as well. He is so, so good in it. He's had a great year from the Kingsman at the start of the year to where the Crawdads sing and see how they run. But easily his best performance is in Triangle of Sadness. And the final thing I'll say about this film It has one of the best songs ever in it that, you know, it just reminded me of how good this song is and the way that it's used, I loved. Lady, Hear Me Tonight by Mojo. Love that song so damn much. You will love the way that it's used in this film. It's an incredible movie. It's very, very much worth a watch. Now, at number seven, we have Ron Howard's new movie on Amazon Prime. Completely shocked me how good this film was. I was crying for pretty much the entire runtime, 13 lives. It's based on the true story of the schoolchildren that got trapped inside the cave in Thailand and the rescue mission that was carried out subsequently. It's got an amazing cast from Joel Edgerton to Colin Farrell and Viggo Mortensen, all of which give insanely good performances, so raw and emotional. And the whole film is not told from a huge spectacle standpoint. It's just told from a realistic standpoint. So there's no big action sequences. It's just... Harrowing, intense, anxiety inducing stuff, set in the caves for so much of it, very claustrophobic too. The mission itself, some of which you will know about because I remember it happening back in 2018. I remember seeing it on the news. And so, this is one of the first movies based on a true story that I specifically remember hearing about firsthand in my lifetime. So, maybe that's why I do love it so much, but. I think the way that it's told it's beautiful and it's just a very emotional movie it's a very very sad movie but incredible and heroic at the same time like these guys the guys that went into the caves, they are the most heroic people i think in history right genuinely they are fantastic now at number six we have a film that is gonna be at the top of most people's lists and it could have easily been higher for me but the next five movies it just so happens that i have different reasons for why they all slightly above it but either way number six is everything everywhere all at once if you don't know much about this film just know it's a multiverse sci-fi action movie but it's incredible so distributed by a24 they had a great year this is one of the best films they've ever made it's so damn good stars michelle yeo stephanie su ki hoi kwan who was in temple of doom and he was in the goonies he's making a comeback he is going to win the oscar for best supporting actor mark my words He is incredible in this, but the film itself, it's just incredible. I'm genuinely lost for words at how good this film is. It's emotional, it's sensational, it's everything you want from a movie like this. It's everything that Doctor Strange 2 should have been, but this is the best multiverse movie of the year. And yes, it gets pretty insane and hard to follow at times, but from a technical aspect and a storytelling aspect, it's incredible. It's a very, very solid movie. I love the fact that the aspect ratio changes sometimes, because I'm a huge sucker for that. But the way that it does that, and the way that they move across the universe is it's just unlike anything else you've ever seen, so I would strongly recommend checking out Everything Everywhere all at once. It's crazy, but in all the best ways. Now at number five, we have Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. I will admit, the reason this is so high is because I saw it at TIFF, and I wasn't expecting to see it at the festival, but I managed to get a ticket on a Thursday night for a Friday morning screening, and it was electric. The atmosphere was so alive. Hands down, one of the best cinema trips I've ever experienced. I love this film. Huge fan of the first *Knives Out*. Ryan Johnson is a great writer and director. This movie is dumb. This movie is crazy. It's poking fun at the rich again. So, three movies in my top twenty are all really crazy satires talking about eating rich. So *Glass Onion*, *Triangle of Sadness*, and *The Menu*. All the same but all do such a great and different job at telling the same kind of story almost but with glass onion there's a great mystery at the center of it fantastic performances daniel craig once again is sensational edward norton is so cryptic and clueless but amazing janelle Monet is so seriously good in this film it's an amazing time it's on netflix right now i don't know if it's gonna be as good watching on netflix as opposed to watching in the cinema but that being said the film itself has some great twists has a real audacity to be as bold as it is with its dumbness but that's what makes it work so well right the film is poking fun at these dumb people and in turn it is quite dumb but it's smart because it's dumb so it's the smartest dumb film i've ever seen or the dumbest smart film either way glass onion is fantastic now number four This was gonna be 2nd, it was gonna be 2nd, but unfortunately the film in 2nd came out after it, and the film in 3rd leapfrogged all the way from about 7th to 3rd because I love it so much. So at number 4 we have Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Emotional, you know why it's in here, I'm a huge fan of the franchise and yeah it pains me. It pains me and I never want to watch it again, but also I do, I really want to watch it soon again. But yeah, it's just an incredible send-off and emotionally draining, gut-wrenching film, but great performances. Letitia Wright at the centre of it and Angela Bassett. If Angela Bassett doesn't win the Best Supporting Actress Oscar, there is something wrong because she gives possibly my favourite performance ever in that film. She is one of a kind. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. It's It's a good one. It's a very, very good one. But I do think... A lot of it weighs heavily on the impact of losing Chadwick and what they are having to do in this film to change it up a bit and pay homage almost. So yeah, it's yeah, it's a film and you will cry for the entire two-hour forty-minute runtime, just like I did. But number four, Black Panther two, fantastic. Now at number three, this is the one that leapfrogged all the way from seventh, The Northman. When this came out, I was jet lagged after just coming back from LA. I had seen Morbius, I had seen Fantastic Beasts 3, I had seen Sonic the Hedgehog 2, hated them all pretty much. And so I was thinking, The Northman. I love Robert Eggers as a director from The Lighthouse and The Witch, and while I'm aware that his films are not for everybody, not for everybody's taste, that's for sure, I wasn't sure what to expect from The Northman, other than a really brutal Norse tale, but Jesus Christ, this film is something else, right? It is one of the craziest feelings I've ever had watching a film at the cinema, because I just remember when something happens early on and it's all about like the ancestral tree and there's people barking and farting and it's horrible, but it's just so breathtakingly beautiful. This film is just spectacular. It's so good and it's so brutal and horrible and there's disembowelling and throats being cut and everything you'd expect in a viking warrior tale it's just really crazy but oh my god Alexander Skarsgard is incredible as Amleth and it's basically the tale of Hamlet so this is the story that Shakespeare based Hamlet on and while I've been thinking about it I don't know if Amleth has always been his name but if it has all Shakespeare has done is taken the h from the end of his name and put it at the start. So they've taken Amleth and changed it to Hamlet, which is crazy. But yeah, this movie is something else. And the ending, I don't want to spoil it, but if your final act in a movie doesn't have a naked fight to the death inside a volcano, I'm not interested. Right. This film is just spectacular. The Northman number three, I love it. Here we are though, number two, again, so close. Number two. Have you guessed what it is yet? Any takers? Number two is Avatar The Way of Water. It's got to be. It's got to be. It could have been number one, but number one is always going to be number one because it's the greatest film I've ever seen. But number two, Avatar 2, 13 years later. Right, This movie has been so hyped up, so anticipated, and it lived up to the hype for me, personally. I think it's breathtaking to look at. I think the story is a little bit weak, but the performances and the emotion that you feel That's what makes it work so well. It doesn't matter that the story is very, very basic for a three-hour-long film. So much of it is just self-indulgent James Cameron directing. But I loved it. I loved it. You will never see anything like this, from the water sequences to the action. The action is just off the chain. It is so breathtaking how glorious it is. Marvel could never. The CGI is on point everything about this film makes it arguably a contender for the best looking film of all time and one of the most innovative and creative films of all time. Regardless of what you think about the director and the writing, I genuinely think Avatar 2 is one of the best experiences you could have watching anything. It's just remarkable. So the fact that we've even had it 13 years later is crazy. I'm annoyed that we had to wait so long, but also I'm glad he didn't rush it, and I'm glad that this is what we got, because Jesus, it is something else. So Avatar 2, it is just blue people in a jungle for an hour, and then blue people swimming for two hours, but yeah, the emotional oomph that you get from this film, I was crying from the start, I was crying at the end, I was crying halfway through, it's emotional, it's a very very sad, m- it made my dad cry, and he never cries at movies, but it is a very strong family orientated film, and fatherhood is at the center of it. And the way that fatherhood has a light shone on it in this film is kind of different to what we've seen before in major Hollywood blockbusters. But I I loved it. I really enjoyed Avatar 2, and I have no doubt you will too. And it's going to make 2 billion, and I'm so happy about that. But here we are, number one. We have reached that moment. I have seen in total about 187 2022 releases. But this is the number one Top Gun Maverick. It's got to be Top Gun 2. It's got to be. It just has to be. I mean, this film is perfect. Tom Cruise in it. Amazing. He gives one of the best performances he's ever given in his life. So much emotion. Just that shot of him crying. He's just tearing up. He wipes away a tear. He sniffles. Oh, God. I'm not a teacher. I'm a fighter pilot. A naval aviator. Oh God, it just, it gets you, it gets you in your feels, but it's just so action packed. The action is <laughs> insane. It's the best film I've ever seen in my life. Honestly, there's one moment, all I want to say about it is, there's a moment when somebody is going down in a plane and Tom Cruise says, I'm going after him. Now, in any other film, this would be in a car chase or a foot chase or anything like that, saying I'm going after him, would be realistic in those circumstances, but Tom Cruise is in an F-18, saying this in midair. I'm going after him, like what the f***, this is just insane, so yeah, Top Gun Maverick, the greatest opening to a movie this year, the greatest ending to a movie this year, the greatest movie this year, it is so good, I cannot overstate how damn good, and how much I love Top Gun Maverick, it's my most watched film of the year at the cinema and at home yeah it's just so good the entire film is great but I've got to say that final hour is some of the best cinema I've ever seen it just doesn't stop it's emotional it made me cry about 10 times I saw it three times on opening day I saw it at midnight and let me tell you when something happens near the end (laughs) oh god I was crying my eyes out but Yeah, you've got to go and watch it. If you haven't already, and if you've missed it at the cinema, jeez, I feel bad for you, but just watch Top Gun Maverick immediately, and then watch it again, because the most feel-good film, the most action-packed film, and one of the best-looking films, the best practical effects usage, the fact that they were actually in the planes flying them, it's just... It really shows, and it really heightens how good the film is, and the feeling you get from it, so... Yeah. I mean, what more is there to say? Go and listen to my review for Top Gun Maverick. Go and listen to the reviews for most of the films because I've done reviews for pretty much everything in the list. But yeah, I really hope you've enjoyed this countdown. I hope you've had a great year. Please let me know what your favorite films of the year were. And if it's not Top Gun, please watch it because you clearly haven't. But (laughs) yeah, I just, I don't know if we're going to get a third, but I would be so down for it. But I cannot wait for the new Mission Impossible this year because I want to see Tom Cruise do more crazy sh** because he is bonkers and he is going to get himself killed because the things that he does in this film, even just riding his bike, riding his motorbike on a runway with a plane taken off next to him, even that's scary. It's really scary. But yeah, the anxiety and the fear that you get during this film because of how real it is, it's edge of your seat stuff. Quite literally. There's always a moment every single time I watch it I have to sit up, grip the sides of my chair, because it is just like, oh my god. Yeah, 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 Top Gun. God bless Tom Cruise. God bless Top Gun Maverick. The best film of 2022. There's no debating it. I'm sorry, but there's just not. So with that, I've been Kieran. This has been the best films of 2022. I will speak to you next year, same time, same place, for the best films of 2023, but until then, I will be right here to guide you through the year of films for more episodes of You Can't Handle the Truth.